so this is the uh, the second episode of Utah in the Weeds. We're back again, Tim, on another episode. We yes, hello, Utah in the Weeds. We don't hate each episode other Episode number two. So we finally got an Apple podcast. We're in Spotify, Stitcher. We should be in all the podcast outlets. Uh, so make sure to subscribe, leave a review. The dispensaries are open though, Tim. Yes, the dispensaries <laughs> you, are absolutely open. And One dispensary is open. Everybody is freaking out because they're not getting their cards. The cards aren't going in the system. The world is ending. <laughs> yes. So the world didn't end on Sunday when they opened the system. And basically, the Utah got medical marijuana legally. Monday, they actually did get cards delivered to people's emails on Monday. But it took having somebody from the Utah Department of Health at the dispensary helping people navigate through that application process because the software is kind of cumbersome. And we're here with David Sutherland. Yeah, I forgot to introduce our, we have a special guest today. Yes. Uh, actually, who you do want to introduce David Sutherland? Yeah, so like David kind of why Sutherland uh, has graciously offered to appear on the podcast. Can you appear on a podcast? Anyway, he is... Can we announce that? Is that something that, we can announce that, that, that I am you are patient, patient number one? Patient number one. Patient number Literally. one on, on... Yes, his card is number one. Oh, no kidding. Yes, the first we... person approved. No kidding. Utah, yes. yeah. wow, it's how, a big deal. How rad is that, man? Yeah. <laughs> I find it pretty rad. And, and you actually are one of the people that actually got to buy some product on... Monday. Yes, I did. And only, I think only like 16, 14 or 16 I think there people, were 14 of us. 14. Was it pretty cool in there, man? Like, Yeah, it was. Um, reminded me of any dispensary that I've been in in any other state. I saw some pictures. I mean, yeah, again, it looks just like uh, any other dispensary. I was a little worried that they were going to make it too much like a Walgreens or something, right? Like they had to like fit into that pharmacy look. <laughs> right. It looks more like an Apple store. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Me, right. Yeah, it's, it does. It's that, it was really nice looking. It was really well laid out. Um, excited to see all the product once it gets, gets in there, though. And this is Dragonfly down at uh, 711 South State Street. Correct. Uh, I was actually impressed too. They sell, they're selling the, uh, the what do you call them, vaporizers. Uh, yeah, so you can- Dry can, herb vaporizers. And they also have um, batteries for the vape carts as yeah, well. Yeah, I saw and that. grinders. Um, oh, wow. So they have was, some extra stuff like yes. that you need to avoid the flame. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, right. That's good. Uh, tell us a little bit about your story, David. Okay. Eight years ago, I was um, in a car accident and I burst my L1 vertebrae at 60%. Usually at 30% burst fracture, you're not likely to walk again. Um, I also broke my sternum, ate nine ribs, had a concussion, um, spent two years in rehab, out of work, learning how to walk again and move around. And um, I deal with uh, neuropathy, chronic pain in my back. And muscle spasm. The muscle spasms come from when they had to bolt me back together, they had to rotate my hips relative to my shoulders to get my spine to fit back together and to allow, I have a large bone spur that impinges 13 millimeters into my spinal canal and pinches my spinal cord. So they had to move it around um, so, so they can get me back together. But it was really awkward at the beginning to have your hips pointing one way and your, your shoulders pointing another way. So another question that I have is, about the the regimen of medications, like tell me about the drug regimen that they put you on or that you had to be on at the time and and like through the rehab process. 
Okay, so I, I was 90 days in, in a brace from my hips to my shoulders. Um, it's like a tortoise shell. And anytime I was out of bed, that's what I had to wear for 90 days. If anything dropped on the floor, it was gone. I couldn't get down to it, you know. So, th- so that was a learning process. Um, as far as medications, I was doing um, probably about 200 Vicodins a month. Uh, I was on gabapentin, uh, Celebrex. Um, after a while, I became depressed and got very, very depressed. Um, I was on antidepressants. I was on anti-anxiety meds, five different muscle relaxers, um, just all kinds of chemicals every month for wow. for, for two years. Yeah, I just with want, all those side effects, two of those. Yes, yes. Right? I just want to hear, I mean, that's, I think it's really important for people to hear, like, this is, this is standard medicine. And, and I'm not saying that it's bad because this is what we have, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these are our options. This is what we use. This is what's FDA approved. Like when you, when you actually say it out loud and you look back, it is a pile. It is a pile. It is a pile. It's shocking. And, and you know, and I also ended up after my accident, um, we ended up getting pregnant. So I had a small child at home as well. After, or if you dropped the child, was the child gone too? And when you were, <laughs> well, no, I, I was, out, I was out of the brace by that point. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just having a small child around too, and all those chemicals around was was. was um, well, and a small child is exhausting. Yes, I, mean, yes. I, I have yes. a two-year-old myself, so yes. I know what that's all about. Yeah, yes. I remember that. It, it wasn't easy. Let's just say that. I mean, during my recovery, I mean, just my recovery was very intense and very long and very painful and slow. And you know, I was sitting at home every day. You know, if I wasn't going to therapy. So, what do you do for work now? I do IT work for the state. When did you decide? Like, what did it look like? when you decided to explore something different than the prescription medications you were on? I, I, I mean, I was very, very excited to, to get off the prescriptions, um, but very nervous, especially with having a family, about going the cannabis route um, and worried about the potential um, you know, problems that that could create with law enforcement. Who introduced you to that, or was it on your own? It was on my own. Did you talk to your doctors about this? I mean, what uh, did orthopedics, uh, like the I, spine I, I had told my doctors um, after I'd made a trip to Colorado, and actually that's a pretty funny story. I, I won the lottery on a camping trip and hit um, Powerball and for a small amount, like 10000 bucks. And I went over to, to Cheyenne to cash in a ticket and then immediately went to Fort Collins and spent $500 in the dispensary there. And, yeah. I, have, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> so was that the first time you ever used cannabis? Oh, no, I, I had used cannabis um, when I was younger. Oh, okay, I was going to yeah, say. Recreationally, I mean, but, yeah, but never yeah. really a, as medicine. I never really thought of it as, as medicine. I mean, over the years, I you know, I'd heard about it in other states that had medical programs. And I'm from the Northeast. And, you know, my parents live in Maine. They've had a longstanding medical program and actually one of the better ones in the country. So were people around you talking about starting to use it or did they or nobody was saying, oh, boy, Dave, just no, you, you should, should try you should really try cannabis no. because no, you need no, to get off I, of I mean, I, I was looking to get off all that stuff. And, and, you know, and I knew Colorado had gone recreational. So, you know, I was looking to try it. I was just waiting for the opportunity to get over there, get in the dispensary and, and start experimenting. Are you on any meds now then? Uh, I don't, 
um, cannabis. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, besides, I, I, besides cannabis, I don't take any pharmaceuticals. So, how long after starting to take cannabis did you get off of your meds? And uh, was your- it was probably about a, I'm saying about a six and nine month process. Okay. You know, I, I went to my doctors and, and they had told me if you test positive for cannabis, we're going to cut you off of all your meds. No kidding. Did they ever test you? Yes, they did. He tested me right after I walked out of there, and they promptly cut me off because I tested positive. But You're but kidding. but I I had been trying to taper down my my dosages already. So, yes, so I had enough to at least make me through. A, and it was still a pretty bad withdrawal, uh, especially from gabapentin. That, that stuff was the worst. I think that this brings. I mean, so you really bring up a good point because that's still an issue that I deal with with my patients now. Right, this uh, this fear. That they're going to be cut off. And the threat, the threat is real. It is it's real. It's still there. And they did it to me. Yeah. And they, they did it to you. And they still are threatening patients today with that that ultimatum. Like, you know, I'll write you a card. You can, you can take cannabis, but boom, I'm cutting you off. And I think that patients should know that the, they're proven to be synergistic. Uh, opioids or narcotics and cannabis can be synergistic. It can allow patients to reduce the dose, but nobody was there to help you. Correct. But I, but right. I, it sounds like you were starting down that path before. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I had off. an idea. I wanted to go that way, and I wasn't feeling good. I was super depressed. Um, I, I knew I was addicted to these things. Um, so uh, you know, and I, I had a young child at home. So it was. Uh, I need to do something. I need to get off. I need to come up with a plan. Um, so you know, I, I brought it up with my doctors. They weren't open to it, and then you know, I. Hit the hit the lottery there and went over and bought right. some product and I came back and Louie was up front with him and I said hey you know like for for the past two years I've been having these you know bad muscle spasms and, and nothing we do is working physical therapy you know muscle relaxes I've tried them all I mean we were even doing somas and nothing was was relieving them I said I got to try something else and you know and then I came back and that's I told him and he promptly said. Yep, Being a you're cop done. on the way out the door. Wow. How long ago was this? I think this was in the third year of my recovery. So, so I've like, been doing this for probably a good four years. Okay. So three okay. years full time now with well, cannabis. Well, the only reason I ask is because you were saying how doctors are still, or Tim was saying, I'm pointing at Tim here and I forget we're not video, but right. you were saying doctors are cutting people off. Uh, are yes. they still, even though in Utah is technically it's, it's, it's a medical doctor's recommend cannabis they're going to still cut people off yes they still have a pain contract and every provider can decide on their own whether or not to cut people off or to do both together wow and there just still isn't the because it's not fda approved there's no guidelines for the use of cannabis and opioids together and you have to explore that on your own as a provider most providers just aren't there yet. They're too busy. They've they've learned how to use opioids and use gabapentin and use the muscle relaxers and that's what the that's what they were taught and so that's what they're going to still do. And because it's still schedule 1, they're afraid sometimes of the liability of using both at the same time. And there's still just a lack of education in some circles. I think it's getting better. What are your uh and I guess this would be a, a question for you is what do your doctors say now? Um, I haven't really spent much time with my doctors in the last two years, but I, I mean, they knew what, what I was doing. They didn't necessarily agree with it, but you know, they, they saw it was working for me. 
Um, I never really asked what they thought about it. Um, but, but they knew what I, what I was up to. Um, so what would totally you say, what would you say to patients or providers? What would you say to medical providers? Like what's the decision-making process to go this route? And why is that important for you as a patient? I would think, I mean, if, if I'm the one that's suffering with, with whatever condition it may be, and I determine that, hey, you know, two years into this, like, we're not really getting anywhere. Can we explore something else? I mean, I think that should be my decision. Don't mm-hmm. you? Well, well I, I think, think it should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Chris agrees. And I think we all, yeah, we all agree. I think the patient should have a say in what they do. I like to be involved. You know, we were taught to be controlling mm-hmm. a little bit and it fits our personalities a lot of us i mean from my experience i would like to see like you know hey you've made the decision to go to cannabis the doctor would say hey okay we'll work with you and let's try weaning you off these meds and then you know make your way to cannabis instead of you know like me was like hey you know yeah, luckily i was wise, wise enough to you know taper my my meds down the, the month or two prior and because i knew that was the likely outcome. So I said, you know, I don't want to leave myself with nothing and, yeah. and you know, spend three weeks in withdrawals, which I pretty much did anyway, because that gabapentin was nasty, nasty stuff to get off of. Say you never started using cannabis, right? And you continued using all those pills over these last I'd four years. I'd probably be dead now. Yeah, so I was wondering, like, what, uh, I mean, your life, you, you yeah, seem... Yeah. During, you know, during my depression, it, it, I mean, I was suicidal. I was thinking okay. of offing myself just about every day. I mean, it was just so bad. I mean, think about it. Two months in horrific pain, and basically you're sitting at home by yourself. And you, you know, I could, I could barely get out. You know, I could barely get around. Over time, you know, more and more. But, you know, during the day, you know, my wife's at work. You know, my... My child's off at daycare, and I'm just sitting home in in pain, you know, watching TV. So what do you think the difference is between uh, feeling like you felt on all of those medications, or even as you were weaning down, and feeling like you feel now using cannabis? You you say you're in IT, and I mean, that takes a a very high level of caffeination, so to speak, right? Yes. yes. So what does that look like? Or what's the comparison between the old old you and the new you? I I think it's night and day. I I mean, my head's so much clearer now. I I, I mean... I'm a. I'm not depressed anymore, um, it, which is which is huge. Um, but yeah, just so much clearer, so much happier. Um, I just feel calmer. What do you think the risks are of your of your cannabis use, like from the other side? Like, what would you? What are the cautions for people? What are the things that you've learned as a patient that you could say to somebody else? Okay, watch out for this because really, this is X. Well, I mean, first thing, it's like everything we talk about in cannabis. I mean, start low and then build up from from there. I mean, you don't want to walk into a, into a dispensary and, you know, pop a 25 milligram edible in your mouth if, you, if you've never used it before. You know, and even me, with the pain that I have, I don't even go to that level. You know, for me, and, and you know, what you find with cannabis, it's just so different for everybody. Um, you know, you know, I can get by with a, with a microdose during the day as long as it just takes the edge off, you know, and I'm just writhing in pain, uh, you know, I'm fine. And then at night when, when my pain is more progressed, you know, especially when I lie down and sleep, that's when my neuropathy really comes out. You know, and then, then I can flip the switch and, and, and go a little heavier. I think the difference between what you felt like before and what you what you feel like now is a lot of uh, the 
curiosity that patients on pain medicines bring me is they don't they don't understand what life is going to be like off of them, but they can tell that there's something different than what exists now for them. They're on, you know, pe- people from just 10 uh, milligrams of Norco a day to, you know, 240 milligrams of morphine a day. And they, they just don't know. They think oh, there's something else out there. Wait, well, yeah. And, and after a while, it becomes your normal. You know, that, that way you're feeling becomes your normal. And you don't really notice that you're, you know, like kind of out of it all the time. What would you say to patients who are afraid? I run into quite a few patients who are afraid that by using cannabis and lowering their pain medicine, they're just going to be in more pain. They, they're really afraid to give up some of that pain medicine. Well, I mean, I just talked to my own experience. I mean, you have nothing to worry about. I mean, I think it does better for my, my pain than, than the opioids ever did. And, you know, opioids never really did anything for my neuropathic pain. And the way I look at opioids versus cannabis, opioids, it's, it's kind of hard to describe what it, what it does to the pain. I mean, it's still there. It still hurts. It's still in your mind. It's just lessened a little bit. You know, I never really, like, I was never really pain-free. But cannabis, you know, on the same note, I'm never really pain-free. But the great thing about cannabis is it it just kind of distracts you. So you're not even really thinking about your pain. I mean, I'm always going to have underlying pain. It's just that, you know, if I, if I can't get past the pain and that's all that I'm thinking about, it's hard to do anything else in your life. You bring up a, a perfect, like it's textbook, right? The, what you say, oh, it's kind of distracting, right? Yes. That it is that uh, disassociation from your pain. It's not that the pain leaves you, right? They describe this in the books that it's not really the pain is away, but you, you can, you don't have to focus on it. Yeah, she can right? car- compartmentalize yes. it or whatever you say Com- that word. Compartmentalize, <laughs> yes. You know, it's just over in a box on on the side and, and you know it's there, and, and but it just doesn't really bother you right in the moment. You know, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Right. Chris, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts about this because here you have, here you have a, a, a guy across from the table with you and he's got this very specific relationship with cannabis yeah from a patient point of view and like your experience with cannabis is more is not the not exactly the medical side i think it's great honestly it's very i've never i mean obviously gone through something like you have gone through and so i couldn't imagine what it would be like to deal with that pain but in my opinion you should be allowed if if you feel like cannabis can work for you. You're the one who has to live in your body, right? Like you're the one who's having to deal with your pain. And so if you, if you're telling the doctor, yo, Hey, this stuff is going to work for me. Other States already, especially at that point, four years ago, I mean, California's, you know, these States have been using it medically. It wasn't like you had this weird idea. People do it all the time. So, I mean, I think it's kind of messed up personally, (laughs) but I I mean, I would be, I would be upset. What does the ideal patient pathway look like to you for a, for a new patient who wants to come into the cannabis world, who wants to try it? Like, what do you want the doctor to say? Well, I guess, I mean, that's a question well, to, to anybody. With the medical cannabis, like it's running now, would doctors still say they would cut you off from that? Or, I mean, I guess we can't speak for doctors. No, we can't. But, I mean, I, I spoke to one on Monday uh-huh. who 
Even, basically was yeah basically was going to do that to a patient before I called him. Okay. Okay. And that's right. what I didn't know if that was a And I think we talk people. yeah, we talk together and we say, "Okay, look, here's the deal. We're going to not increase the opioids. We're going to give this a try for 6 months. We're going to see if we can get the patient off to of do, some yes, decreased, yes. right? We're going to dial this thing down. And if it works, great. And I'm pretty confident it's going to work. Right? I am too. Right. I, and I think that this, like this discussion is just reinforces that confidence. Yeah, I mean, that's the way the conversation should go. I mean, going forward, it, I, you know, I, I ran into it with my own doctors, you know, when I went to go get my, my recommendation, my letter, you know, nobody was interested in doing it, even though they knew this is what I've been doing for years. So, you know, something's got to change in, in, in that system. Something. Yeah, I think ideally you come to me and and I'm able to to communicate with your your providers like openly like normal yes. medicine and yes. and we say okay, look, I'm an expert in cannabis. I'm going to help I'm going to help guide this patient in a way that helps them get off or do what they want to do, right? They have goals and right. we're going to try to use cannabis to achieve those goals. I think we even talked about it in the last episode, Tim, is how doctors are really just scared. It's it's not so much like, I don't know your doctor, obviously, personally, mm. uh, David, but in the back of his head, he's probably like, you know what? I know that that works, but I just can't say it does, right? Like, they're just scared. Yeah. Because they did probably so. know it works. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, come on. Gosh, I think, well, I think it, all three it, of it, us are, are like, well, it's just so obvious yeah, that like, it works. It, well, this and is you, 2020. And you still, <laughs> you still have the reefer madness, you know, the devil's lettuce out there, you right. know, and, and you know- a fair amount of my medical team was, you know, probably in their, you know, late 50s, 60s. So, I mean, they have a different view of cannabis um, than improper, probably the younger generation does. It's it's crazy when you find those people that still are stuck that it's this horrible thing. Right. Just like, I, I think we have, like on? we've talked about before, I mean, yeah. I think the medical community has a, a really unique and important role to play in destigmatizing the the plant. And I think they need to be, but we need to be engaged, right? In the patient safety aspect, we need to be uh, helping people on both sides, right? Here's the, here's what to watch out for. If you're going to try this on your own, you know, like here's what to watch out for. Here's the beginnings of the recommendations. So what do you think, uh, David, what do you think the, the state of medical cannabis in Utah looks like right now? Right now, three days in, three days in. Yeah, personally for me, looks looks fantastic. Sure. <laughs> uh, um, I, I, I'm very very excited about this program. I think it's actually going to work out to be a really great program. From what I saw at Dragon Wellness the other day, yeah, I mean, people that wanted to subsidize health for for people that, that that you know can't afford it. I mean, that's a great thing to come to this community and and, and to be patient driven and not profit driven. Mm-hmm. I was really what was the process when you went into the dispensary? Now, I I had written some recommendations. You had you had dosing and guideline recommendations. What did that look like as your as you entered the pharmacy with your card? Like, what was the process? Uh, I went in. I was called into an office with their their pharmacist, and we had a discussion. And um, you so know, you he, did the meeting, the PMD meeting. They correct. did that with yes. you, even yep. though you don't technically need it. Correct. Yes, they did. Okay. And, 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 and it was kind of brief because he was asked me, you know, if I, if I ever use cannabis and I explained my situation that I've been doing this for, um, three years, pretty much full time. So, um, you know, I kind of 
have taught myself through reading and trial and error and, and you know, what works for, for me. And so basically, the, I mean, that discussion was, was fairly brief and was kind of driven by me. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, hey, this is what I do. This is what I'm looking for. Um, it, he was very open to it and, you know, very nice about it. Now, this is the pharmacist that they are required to have in, or this yes. is, so this person doesn't have a whole lot of training, even though with cannabis, though, either. Yeah. Uh, what did you feel like their experience level was? Oh, don't be scared. <laughs> <Four hours. laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd probably say a, a little bit more in depth than the average person, but you know, I, I'm not saying it's you know you or um, you know Ward down there like that guy had a, a wealth. Right. Of he doesn't. He doesn't want to see. He's afraid they'll take his card away. I know, right? Okay, the, <laughs> the like, pharmacist doesn't have no, enough no, training. I'm not worried about. It. Right. So I think it's interesting because the the pharmacist. I, I spoke to the pharmacist before they opened. And I asked them specifically about the recommendations. Mm-hmm. Am I going to, is, are these recommendations working? And they still met with you. But yes. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, it, and they don't it, have I enough mean, people to, it, to not I get meet a, with everybody. I understand it. I mean, they don't know, they don't know me. So, sure. so they didn't know my story and my, my history with it. You know, like just take the, the woman sitting next to me at the press conference, mm-hmm. you know, it, she probably needed some guidance on what she's looking for. You know, for a person like that, that that would probably be, you know, the ideal person to go in. And, you know, maybe they're just going to play it as, you know, hey, what's your history with it, you know, like they did with me. And that would be a good thing too. Did they review the computer screen when you were meeting with them or it was was just just face-to-face and and that's it? Introduce ourselves. You wanted to hear my story. I told them and – Okay, well, this is, uh, I mean, this is an evolving thing, right, for mm-hmm. patients in this meeting and, and how that works out. I'm interested because I'm giving some of those dosing and delivery guidelines, and I want to know what uh, what changes between leaving the office and buying the product. Right? Well, it's important to stay on the same page, it's, you know, it's, for it's you too, important. and for the patient too, and for the, the, the pharmacist too, yes. and for... And with somebody like David, I mean, you can you can really trust that he's going to go down there and it's going to be safe, right? He's experienced, he knows what he's getting, but like there, like you were saying, I mean, there is plenty of people you could pick out that they really have to be educated all along the way. The products that they purchase need to be yeah, uh, or, very specific, or, or, or even how to use some of it, I mean, right? Like how to use a dry herb vaporizer. You know how much tincture do you use? And that was the other thing I noticed. There was no like strength or like, hey, this dropper gives you 10 milligrams on my tincture, anything. You know, like, so I had to take the 500 milligrams, you know, figure it out in in, in milliliters because the, the okay. dropper was in milliliters to try to figure out my dosage. Because at this point now, three years in, I know my dose and what I need at certain times a day. And, and, and you know, if my pain kicks up, you know, how... Yeah, you know, how, how many much, milligrams? Yeah, how many milligrams do do I need? You know, like during the day, like like you know, I like to microdose. So it's you know, like today it was. Um, um, I'm doing four to one tincture, which I picked up there. I haven't done a four to one. Four to one CBD to THC. So it's four parts CBD to one part THC. So today, like I did. Um, what was it? Six milligrams CBD, two milligrams THC. Right. So for folks that don't understand, 
clear-headed, no pain in my lower body. I right. It's very perfect. good for neuropathy yes. because you're getting a four-to-one ratio with the neural protective CBD. Yeah, the THC amplifies the the, yep. the, the CBD, and the CBD kind of um, takes away from the euphoric feeling of um, THC, but at the same time kind of heightens its anti or anti-pain. Huh. Yeah, they really work together. It'll be interesting to see when you get a chance to try some Delta-8 so the THC is a delta nine, and then I guess you adjust the molecule, and it's really exciting in Utah because they're developing products that are very, very specific for certain types of conditions to increase cellular uptake of the CBD and really increase the anti-inflammatory effects for the neuropathy, especially for a patient like you, or anxiety. This is a, a the four to one ratio. That'd be a great tincture for uh, a patient with anxiety it may may be i can't say like yeah. it will be I mean, for I mean, you it, on the radio or yeah on the podcast. It, it's it's you know it's so person specific you know to sure. find your find your dose but what i liked about there too it's um it's full spectrum i, I notice like if i take an isolate versus a full spectrum tincture i i notice a difference so like the the um isolate so it, that's basically just THC in the tincture with no other cannabinoids in there, like no, sometimes not even any terpenes or anything. It gives me almost like that. I just drank a cup of coffee after I haven't drinking coffee in a while, like that anxious feeling in my chest, where it, whereas uh, um, the full spectrum products don't. And I love that they're doing full – everything's full spectrum down. They're really kind of a farm-to-table or seed-to-sale. That's to what sale. I was going to say. Yeah. Seed-to-sale. That's yeah, what they call it sale. in the cannabis yeah. industry, right? What uh, What are their prices like? Everybody, everybody's oh, yeah. all asking everybody's, prices. Yeah. Are they pretty fair? Or what? Uh, I mean, I actually think when you factor in that there's no taxes and it's just a $3 transaction fee, whether you spend 50 bucks or $5,000, it's $3 transaction fee is all the state gets. I think it comes out cheaper than Colorado. Why? Why no taxes? Is that? Oh, is I that didn't some, even know that. I thought they were yeah. going to charge sales tax. No, no but sales there's tax. no sales tax. Three dollar transaction fee. Whether you spend five dollars or five thousand dollars. So interesting. I mean, this is good for. This is really good news. So like yeah, Windover yeah, charges twenty one percent tax, yes, right? right? Yes. I'm not sure what they charge for medical patients. A lot of states, like on the recreational side, they're recreational and, and medical. They, they'll. Like less taxes or no taxes on the medical side, and then high taxes on the. Yeah, I think it went but, over. It's you know, 21. if you got your letter here in, in Utah and you're going to another state, you you can't use your letter to get a a, right. a, disc, a medical discount. I, I've heard maybe in Nevada, but yeah, definitely not Colorado. There are very specific uh, rec- there's specific requirements to use it in Nevada. There's uh, and you have to have a physician in Nevada. Their their laws physician only, like a PA or an NP. Those letters don't exist in Nevada. So you would have is, to go see somebody, get a temporary card. And, right, right. Oh. It's it's not really I don't not know, convenient. It it's not convenient. I kind of have mixed feelings about this tax thing. I'm, stu- I'm stuck on this because the state could have really done some really good stuff with that tax money, though. Right. You know? And then, they, and then like... they would have got excited about cannabis a little bit. I'm happy because, it, you know, obviously I save money as a consumer. Right, but, but in, as look, state, in Washington, they've used that tax money yeah. for so many good Colorado programs. Colorado, too. Yeah. I mean, Nevada, yeah. But, yeah. but I think that's all on the recreational side. Oh, yeah. is was, it? Yeah. Was, was I'm that? not sure. We, we should look up because I don't, I don't think many states charge tax on, on the medical side. It's, what do you, uh, what's your view on recreational versus medical? Yeah, I think it should be fully legal. Um, but, you know, uh, um, 
It's okay. We can be honest here. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I'm just trying to formulate my answer here. Trying to formulate I mean, like who's going to listen. I, uh, I mean, at, at your job. I'm extreme. I'm extremely happy um, to have the medical option here, and I actually kind of like what what um, Ward said at, at um, Dragonfly the other day that like by Utah only going medical, we can actually focus on the patients. And, and you know, I don't want to take away from Joe E. Stoner out there that wants to get you know. Wants to recreational, you know, cannabis. So like, you know, I'm all for that too. But you know, yeah, I really think the the patients um, should come first. It's important that they, yes. get it. yeah, yeah. I th- but I mean, but who would have thought Utah, right? And I, I know. think we, again, we said that probably on the first episode. I know, and here we are in a place where there's not a lot of people who have cards yet. There's a lot of problems with the system navigating that website and their their vendor essentially, uh, from both the provider side and the patient side, waiting for cards. And and really, it's not that you're waiting for a card, because once you pay your fee, it's within a couple of hours, you're going to get the email. It's getting to that payment. They uh, expressed to us today that there is a there's a significant number of applications in, but there's so many, more than half, well over half of the applications have not been certified by the, the QMP. Now, that doesn't mean- Or the, the patient. Or the patient, right? That or one accepted. Step, one step they forgot to add in there. Yes. Now, I mean, not to say, not to take away from the QMPs, because as far as like I'm concerned, our phone, it's, I mean, it is off the hook. There is so much interest and pent up demand uh, for information on this. We're a hundred phone calls a day, every single day from Sunday on. It's just been overwhelming. So, getting enough time to go into the system and certify people. And then if they have a problem going back in and and then helping them. and helping them and fixing them has been really challenging. And we have a, we have a fairly small practice compared to a couple of others. I was talking to Dr. Anden today and she has really 600 patients who all expected their card on Monday morning and, <laughs> you know, entering 600 patients on Sunday between 9am yeah. and then yeah, getting not them possible. Also, yeah, it's just not possible. Uh, well, you know, I think everybody needs to, um, you know, maybe take a, take a step back. I mean, most, most of the other states programs, you know, had lots of problems, you know, starting up. I kind of expected it going into this. Like, you know, I had stocked up on my product from other state, you know, not expecting that anything was going to be open on March 1st. Um, you know, I was, shocked when when it happened but you know there's going to be bumps in the road you know it's going to take a, a good year for it to iron out all the things but i mean there's some easy fixes in the meantime like the you know the website needs to be yeah fixing the website creating they talked today about creating a little uh, educational video so that the patients can go on and they can watch this video even before even saying look you have to watch this video before you make your application so that people are are essentially forced to get the training. And there's so much disinformation out there. You know, I've been all over blogs, um, and people are confused and starting to get angry. Well, I've heard the Dragonfly is going to close, and, yeah, I, and yep, I, I heard, heard that today, one today. I, I <laughs> listened to the owner today tell me they're not going to close, but they are. They only served one patient yesterday because it was, you know, I mean, yeah, but they chose to open, remember? I mean, yeah. they're the ones who are in business. They, yep. opened, they opened at this time. They could have opened in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. There was no requirement for that. And and so that is they did take a little bit of a risk from a from an investment standpoint, and they wanted to get the patients access to the medicine they could. I appreciate it, right? And they and I I think over the next few days it's going to get better, right? I mean, uh, navigating the system is difficult. Like you said, they just got to iron out the 
the kinks. I mean, they got to iron out the kinks. There's so many uh, little. There's little options that they were bringing up in a meeting today in the in the at the Capitol, and you know, trying to decide whether to use letters to access the dispensary, which I disagree with, or try to uh, you know try to work around it. And I my suggestion was, look, you've got a system. Just just work stick with on the system. system. Stick with the system. It's here. Make it work for a little while. We've got to get through this wave of the wave of people, and, and then and, it'll calm down. And then we go back and make tweaks. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you got for uh, David, or should we wrap this episode up? I think I mean, we could I, wrap this episode I th- up. I think it's. I mean, it's been really cool to hear your story and how cannabis has helped you. Let's mention how people can get a hold of you, Tim. Right, because your websites and stuff. We haven't even talked about this. Like, if people want to get their cards, they can hit yeah, absolutely. you. Absolutely. I mean, they can. They can still call me. We are. We are essentially. We've. Got, we've changed our voicemail. We are answering calls in the order they were received. So you can call us 801-851-5554. Definitely give us a call, leave us a message. We will get back to you. And uh, go to the website, utahmarijuana.clinic, utahmarijuana.org. Those are two good websites to get information, schedule appointments if you want to learn more and uh, have an evaluation. And you can listen to uh, my other podcast, I Am Salt Lake Podcast, IamSaltLake.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we got lots of episodes. Go back and listen to Tim's episode 420. That's his yes, story. I am Salt bit. Lake. If you yeah. want to get to know him a little bit more about uh, what he's doing and more about what he's doing with his uh, with his stuff over there at his clinic, and uh, I think that's about it. Make sure to subscribe, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever you're at. I know we have a Facebook page. I haven't really done anything with that, so go like that. Make sure to subscribe because we're, we're going to keep going. I'm just got- so excited about the Apple Podcast thing. It's really. We're there, like, I man. mean, right? You've arrived. Yeah. You're on Apple. And Tim's booking some cool people for the oh, show. We have got, uh, I think our next guest or in the next couple of episodes going to be Blake from Zion Pharmaceuticals. Awesome. Who's going to come down nice. and talk I'd to like us to about to that one. Yeah. Right. On the minor cannabinoids. The, he is, he has got a depth of knowledge about this plant that is, yeah, I, I, I haven't I was really blown heard. away. I, I, I really want to spend some time with him and pick his, pick his yeah, brain. Yeah, he's going to bring some really interesting products to the marketplace, specifically for just these specific conditions. So, Perfect. so uh, stay tuned for that. All right, thanks, everybody. Thank thanks. you. Thanks for listening.